0: Welcome to Bound by Books. I'm one of your hosts, Sherry Hayes. I write steamy contemporary romance and BDS and romance. And today I am with...
1: Marianne Maria. I write paranormal romantic suspense and paranormal romance and all things that go bump in the night.
0: (laughs) How are you doing today, Marianne? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. You guys got dumped on, didn't you, with a bunch of snow out there? Yeah!
1: Yeah, we did. It's <laughs> not as not as bad as some areas, though. We got about uh, seven inches. Um, mm. It's very heavy, wet. What they refer to as heart attacks. Snow, like when you go. Oh, you wow. know, the people who shovel it, you know, they they gotta, yeah, they be it's just really a lot of, it takes a
0: lot of energy and weight to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I think Dan. I think up where uh, one of our fellow hosts Danielle uh, is in Maine. I think they. I heard somewhere in Maine got like thirty inches. I mean, yeah, the further up the card you go, the worse it gets. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not quite into you know into spring yet, but wow, it, winter is not letting go. It keeps giving us little little hints of spring you know we get those teasing like 70 degree days and then it's like no 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 we're gonna we're gonna bring you another snowstorm
1: i'm waiting for my my daffodil bulbs to bloom in the snow <laughs> so um, i've seen pictures yeah. of that but you know i've got crocuses starting to come up you can see the green shoots coming up and there. not right now they're flattened by snow so they're probably gone for the season
0: yeah so- i don't think any of our flowers have bloomed here yet not that i've noticed so they must be still holding on a little while longer cuz it's like every time we start to warm up and yeah we like we get a cold spell again and and it snows or it's just really rainy and cold and windy yeah and I don't know anyway I, I, I'm not yeah no I'm ready I'm ready for some I'm ready for some warmer temperatures with some sunshine because Ohio is known for being like overcast a lot in the winter which is not good for you know the mood depression it's a real thing it really is a real thing it really is a real thing but um today we uh we decided we're gonna talk about uh heroines. Um, specifically, strong heroines, because there has been some, uh, I guess, some pushback or some um, discussion in uh, the internet realms mm-hmm. about uh, how strong heroines are kind of, I guess, getting a bad rap. Um, I guess it
1: depends on the heroine and how, and right. how she comes across, which is exactly what mm-hmm. we're talking about today. Heroines exactly. that readers have to either sh- struggle to like for various reasons and mm-hmm. how that is incumbent on the author to make sure that they're not writing somebody who is unlikable because a main character, especially the heroine who's unlikable is really an arc that is hard to get away with, you know, uh, I think mm-hmm. in, the, in a hero who is kind of a jerk, you know, can have a a redemption arc and then mm-hmm. everybody falls in love. But, a, but a, a, I think a female heroine who is a jerk is just a jerk. And people kind of leaves a bad taste in people's mouths and they won't continue reading to see if she has a redemption arc. You know, so, you know, at least that's always been my my case my experience so maybe not yours but
0: yeah I was going to say I'm not a big fan of the um jerk hero at all so um my 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 uh desire for a likable main character crosses yeah
1: I'm not a fr- I'm not a fan <laughs> of the jerk hero either, you know, the bully hero or
0: no. the hero that
1: is just likes to mansplain everything, you know, as if the girl is just too stupid to live, which is one of the categories that is yes. that we were discussing before we started recording is that mm-hmm. the heroines that are just too stupid to live, you know, it's like, oh, you know, let me, oh, let me, let me, you know, open this door where I know that there's Mm -hmm. people who want to kill me or, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go walk from this bar by myself down a a dark street, even though I was kind of told, you know, don't do it, (laughs) you know, just, you know. Yeah.
0: And I think that that can be, that can have a lot to do with the way that you write them though. Again, it's, it's whether they're likable or not. Because you can have I was just reading a story today where, uh well, I'm listening to an audiobook, and it's about a female bodyguard, and so she goes in and you know to save or help the the hero of this story um and you know, but she admits that it's stupid, like she acknowledges that it's stupid, but she is she's unwilling to allow him to just deal with this psycho that you know got him held hostage um on his own so she figures if she can be a distraction you know but she you're in her head so she's acknowledging it like she's saying you know i i understand that this is not the smartest course of action that i should not be doing this however i do have training to deal with Psychopath, you know, and defend, you know, self-defense and protection and all that stuff. So I am going to do it anyway. Um, so I think the acknowledgement helps versus to still present that character as a strong female character versus having somebody who is in what is known as too stupid to live. Where they're just like, oh, well, I'm I'm just, I just want to cut through this, you know, alley. And, you know, I know it's like totally dark and I can't see anything. And it's kind of in this bad neighborhood. But, you know, I just don't want to walk around the block. So I'm going to do it anyway.
1: Or I'm going to get in the car with this stranger and go off and have a drink with them by myself without telling yeah. anybody where I'm going. You know, that type of a- That type of a thing, and then they find themselves in a situation that is like untenable, and they're like, "How did I get here? Oh my!" It's like, you know, girl, you know, right? You smack them up the head, right? The opposite of that is the character that's too strong, you know, that is uh, refusing to admit when they need help, or uh, you know, just. Pig-headed is the word, pigheaded and stubborn mm-hmm. to a fault. You know, yes. I, I find that that can be a, a, uh, annoying as well, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're writing, if we're writing a strong character that is snarky or, you know, has had to deal with, you know, BS in their lives, you know, that it, you can fall into the trap of writing somebody who can be stronger than that she needs to be. And I don't mean that in any kind of a derogatory sense, because women need to be strong, especially in today's world. But there are times when you have to admit, whether it's help from a man or help from a woman or help from an organization or, you know, a, a, a partner or a friend or even, even somebody young, you know, like a child, you know, like a, a, a like a teenage child, you have mm-hmm. to admit when, it, when you can't do things on your own. And sometimes that can you can run into problems where there are characters that just refuse to admit that they need help. And then they end up in all kinds of trouble.
0: Or that they, or they could potentially be wrong. Like characters that don't want to admit that they're wrong. Absolutely. Uh, They're so determined to do something, even though it's not in their best interest or it, it's, it goes against common sense and even sometimes safety their own or other people's, right. Um, that they supposedly care about. So, yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head of an example of that. Um, but what I'm I'm kind of thinking of is is like going to just going and putting yourself in a situation that it just doesn't. I don't know, putting yourself in an unsafe situation knowingly but not taking any measures to mitigate those risks. And yet you, you seem surprised when the world doesn't just bow down at your feet and, you know, you're physically overpowered or whatever, or we could go to kind of our next little strong heroines. <laughs> and these are the ones that are just so, so like strong physically mentally that they just are they're presented as like this perfect like one-dimensional character right the only thing about them is they're strong like they and they're they're stoic they're so strong they're stoic they have no like supposedly this really tragic thing happened to them in the past but it has no effect on anything they are just too strong to deal with that
1: it makes them and, almost inhuman and i and, yeah. and sets somebody that most people can't relate to um and then there's also then there's the next one which is um too snarky or argumentative for argumentative sake you know just to, like as you said mm-hmm. just to be what was your word just to be <laughs> uh
0: cont- contrary. contrary right just to be contrary you know, yeah. or
1: not adapting to a situation. You know, not using your God-given brains. You know, to to be able to assess a situation. I remember there was, there was a couple of times in when I was watching Outlander, which is absolutely one of my favorite book series. But I watched this the 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 show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a scene where you know Claire knows she's in the past. She knows that somehow or another she's been transported back to seventeen thirty seven. And yet she is still conducting herself as if she's a 20th century woman, you know? Mm-hmm. And yes, we're in the 21st century, but the, the the book takes place where she is right after World right. War II. So 20th century before she is thrown back. And yes, she was a nurse in the war, you know, World War II. And so she had a lot of responsibility. She's seen a lot of things, and but she's still conducting herself. She didn't adapt and play the game so she could figure things out, even after she had been there for a while. And that got up my nose a little bit. You know, because yeah. that's like that to me is the opposite of too stupid to live, but yet in the same family as too stupid to live. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it really. Plane, yeah. But, it, you know, that type of a thing really annoys me because she's smart and she should know better. You know? Yeah,
0: I, I will say that that is that is one of the things that Diana Gabaldon as an author does a. She does a good job at writing that line. Like she does make Claire and some of the other characters do some stuff that you that does do kind of does kind of make them fall into that, like, too stupid to live or contrary to the sake of
1: being contrary,
0: right? Contrary to music, or or um, I don't really think she gets into the overly stoic per se because most of the time you understand that she does a good job of that. But she does set it up. We're doing, you know, she'll have you do have these characters do something really, really stupid that you're like, really? You're, you're, you're smarter than that. Yeah. But she always takes it just there and then pulls it back and be like, okay, nope, we're going to, we're going to get our head on straight and we're going to, we're going to do what we should have done in the first place. And I think that is what makes Outlander complex. And if that's what you want to do as an author, if that's the um if that's the path you want to take, um, to write a character kind of like Claire from Outlander, uh, where she does do some really stupid things sometimes. Um because she is a strong, let's let's put it out there. She is a strong heroine. Period. Yeah, Point she blank, is. she is a strong heroine. Absolutely. However, she does fall into these categories at times, and the only thing that, in my opinion, redeems her is the fact that she does pivot from them. She doesn't go down that path for too long before she she goes, ha ha, no, that's not a smart way to go. I'm going to turn around and do a 180 and go over here and do the thing I should have done in the first place. That's fine. You can do that, and a good author can pull that off. However. As the author, you have to be aware of that. you have to yeah. know what you're doing and if you're going to pull long. that off and not
1: leave it too long, right?
0: Yes, you have to like, know when it's time to pull it because you will lose readers if you let it go on too long
1: and you leave will. it okay, which I just finished and is now in editing and ready it will be released on the yonder app in at the end of may um i had that was one of the things I asked my beta reader to look at because. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my main character is, you know, Eden, you know, she's 21 in human years because she's fae. So and she's still considered a kind of like on the borderline of adolescence Mm and in in the fae realm and whatnot. But um, she has to go she has to get to get to a specific portal. She has to go through a forest. And this forest is known for having um, the Nocturna, which were uh, malevolent malevolent fey in the in the living in the shadows there so she goes and she makes sure that she is she practices her sword her swordsmanship and so forth um but she she enters knowing that she's going to have problems but at the mm-hmm. same time you know it's Merlin who sent her through that which is one of the other characters that I've that I've, I've used there had to have been another way or, or, or not. And that I know that that's a question that some of my readers are going to ask. Well, wasn't, isn't there some other way that she could have done this? Isn't there some other way she could have done this? Why did she have to rush it? And it's because of her adolescence that was, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that she's so young and that she's so, you know, smitten and that, but mm-hmm. at the same time, there's this otherworldly pull that's compelling her to do this. So she goes through and it turns out like when she gets to the end result, that there's a reason behind it, everything kind of mm-hmm. connects and it connects towards the end of the book as to why she had to go through these gauntlets, you know? But I think, uh,
0: I think being in the person, the character's head, as long as the author is explaining the thought process, because again, going back to Claire, even though, you know, sometimes she's doing stupid things you're in her head. So therefore you can, you know, she can explain to you her thought process as to why she's doing it. And even though you, you know, you know, it's stupid. And sometimes she even acknowledges it's stupid. That tends to give a little grain to carry a reader through to go, okay, are you going to stop this train of thought? Are you going to pull yourself out Because you know, it's stupid. You're acknowledging it's stupid. So you can turn around. It's to me, it's a it's those characters, those heroines that they're doing stuff. I mean, again, you're in their head. And they're doing things, but there's no acknowledging that they're stupid, that it's stupid. You know, they're going into a bar and getting just drunk off their butt with by themselves in a not great part of town, and I'm supposed to feel sympathy for them when something happens to them. Bad because that that falls into that realm of too stupid to live or you feel like you're invincible when reality you know falls at your door
1: <laughs> now is there um, a reason for it later on is this a right is this a catalyst for something i mean mm-hmm. the you know a writer has to make sure that that's not mm-hmm. just in there for gratuitous shock factor you know, that right. you is our, to, is the
0: heroine going to learn something from it? Right. Is it is it going so, to propel the story forward? Is it because part of their
1: character arc. Right.
0: You know. Right. So. It needs to. It. You know. It's fine if you're going to use that as a plot device. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're kind of talking about here, um, in that respect, are the ones where it's not. Right. Those to me are the ones that it really falls on those heroines that are unlikable, readers cannot connect with them they're not they're not sympathetic they're not realistic they don't have the struggles that the average person has Um, and I'm not just talking about like oh well they don't have to worry about where the bills are coming from I'm talking about like you know their mother died and then you know when they were a child and or they were ripped away from their family or something like that and yet They, you know, all they are is they they become this hardened warrior with no emotion connecting them to like their family or the loss or anything that that, that's just that's the past. It happened. I'm I'm now this hardened warrior. It's like that's not normal. That's not what people do. I mean, you're going to I mean, yeah, you may be this hardened warrior and you may have this for most of the time, but there's something that's got to. You know you you may maybe you have nightmares or you um you know you have flashes of you know getting ripped away from your family something that makes you relatable because just being one-dimensional i'm a strong warrior doesn't make you connect with people
1: right or on the opposite side of that the damsel in distress who can't Mm -hmm. think for herself and can't do for herself and can be petulant about it, you know, (laughs) do I have to really, that's such a dirty, dirty why can't I just stay here in this cell? Maybe somebody will rescue me. I don't want to have to climb through that. There's cobwebs, you know, that type of a thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think the word that we're looking for in this whole overarching idea is vulnerability. That's Mm -hmm. something, you know, that, that people, whether you're strong or not, that there has to be a modicum a vulnerability, whether it's emotional or physical, that can make Mm -hmm. you relatable to the reader, you know, they have to be able to see themselves in you, whether it's an idealized version of themselves, or if you know, because I doubt, you know, like for my books, I don't think people come up against vampires, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, something that where they could, they can see themselves in the position and envision themselves as, as the character you know they can right. they can, they can right. picture themselves in that's in that tough spot and what they would do and whether or not how the person reacts is <sighs> Is real enough in the terms of how their how their they, how their reaction, their body's reaction, if they're you know if they get goose pimpled or if if they have a flash of fear which tightens their throat or, or makes them have a pit in their stomach or if they're shaking because they're nervous no matter how much they're trying to, to hide it you know they you know they or if they have or if they know that that's that they're being scrutinized to be able to have the presence of mind to to have the, that mask drop over their face you know the metaphoric mask so they don't mm-hmm. give themselves away. These are all elements of vulnerability that make somebody likable because they're not perfect you right,
0: know? oh I yeah, think, definitely,
1: you know, and I think the same thing goes for the heroes too, not just the heroines, yeah. they have to be you know they have to they have to have something about them the chinks in the armor that has to be you know, yeah,
0: I'm not a big fan of the, the it, it, just like I'm not a fan of the um the jerk hero, I'm also not a fan of the the perfect one either the one that cannot do any like he can do everything and be everything and there's just he's just mr perfect there is no there's nothing wrong with him he has no quirk weird quirks or vulnerabilities or weak you know weaknesses or anything like that again it's one dimensional people are not like that i don't care who you are i don't care if you look like on the outside. You have a perfect life. That's fine if that's what you're portraying, that this you have a character who everybody around him thinks he has the perfect life or her, has the perfect life. But once you get to know them, once your story unfolds, there should be some revelation, some chink in the armor, as you said, that makes them a little vulnerable, that shows that there's a crack in that armor um, that maybe they or their life is not as perfect as it seems to be right um there's writing a character writing a really well-rounded character is not always easy um and i'll I'll go back to the book that i'm actually just finishing up uh reading right now and this is this is such a perfect example of so much of what we're talking about today uh again, the female heroine is a bodyguard she's a self- she's a protection agent okay and she early on in this story, the author shows you how just completely you know competent she is because she actually throws the hero on his butt like she ta- he wants her to show him like can you really protect me you're just this you know you don't look big enough to do anything and so he runs at her and she puts him flat on his back and <laughs> you know she uses his momentum against him and he- she puts him flat on his back okay so showed that she's a strong you know capable. strong capable female character Um, but then you're in her head so you also get to see how vulnerable she is how she has her insecurities and uh, she you know didn't have the best childhood and she just lost her mother and you know her ex-boyfriend is a complete jerk and you know so she has it and then you compare it to the hero who actually is he's a movie star And he's, you know, when you look at his life on the outside, you're like, wow, this guy is like has the perfect life. He's a box office star. You know, he's everybody knows him. He's got good looks and all this stuff. And then you find out that he's been harboring this guilt for his younger brother who he happened to be in a car accident with and his little brother drowned and that's that's major yeah it's major major. and so he has nightmares about that and you know so again but you see kind of how how what I'm saying this book is such a perfect example because you have these two characters where you have the the heroine who is just She's presented as a really capable person. It's a really strong heroine. But yet she has all of these vulnerabilities that you get to know. And then you have this seemingly perfect hero who also has a life that's, you know, he's got all of these kind of skeletons in his closet and, you know, vulnerabilities as well. So it makes both of them very, very relatable. And that's really what, as an author, you should be going for in your characters,
1: yeah, you know, we were taught, you know, in, in, you know, to talk back about the, you know, Diana Gabaldon's series. You know, the books, I devoured them. You know, mm-hmm. I loved, I loved them, and I watched the show because, you know, I was told that it initially that they followed the book pretty closely, and to a certain extent they do, but the difference, the huge, well, books are always better. I will, I will, that is a, <laughs> that is a hill I will die on. Okay, <laughs> books are always better. Um, yes is because we get that introspection that you were talking about about being in Claire's head whereas watching the show you don't mm-hmm. i mean you can have her kind of have a look or maybe have a, a minute of a minute of hesitation or whatever but you don't get that internal monologue that Diana gives everybody when she's when she's writing and mm-hmm. I, and, I, and that's what makes it so um, delicious to the, you know, yeah. In terms of, in terms well, of, well, it makes prose. it meaty. It yes. really
0: makes it meaty, and I guess that's kind of what we're talking about. Because, and I mean, you can have a, a very superficial story, and and that's fine. There's some stories that are meant to be superficial, but as a writer, you're wanting your stories to really touch people. At least most writers do. They want them to touch people, whether it's to make them laugh or make them cry. We're they both- want yeah, or both, they want their stories to strike a chord in their readers. And in order to do that, you have to make them relatable. And the easiest way and the best way typically to make them relatable is to make them realistic, to make them have vulnerabilities and make them complex, don't make them one dimensional.
1: And to give a reader Kind of a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of mm-hmm. what's going on with the character through this introspection and exposition and so forth, so that they know what's going on with that character's head. Now, right? You want to also reserve a little bit because you don't want to give. You want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> well, no, give it all but away. you want to. You want to
0: sprinkle it, those those uh, tidbits of information about the characters throughout your story. Obviously, yeah, you don't want to just info dump please don't info dump that is like the worst thing in the world as one of my biggest pet peeves um is info dumping I hate that um but <clears throat> I also want to mention we're you know we're talking about strong heroines specifically um when I wrote my finding Anna a series a lot there are people that view Brianna as a weak character and um I actually because Um, She's very timid, especially at the beginning of the story, Um, curls into a ball, just very, you know, she's she's very, you know, shy and not shy, but timid and and very like tries to make herself small, things like that. Um, But once you get into the story and you get into her head, you as you as you the story kind of unfolds, you actually find out how strong she is because. A strong character is not just physically strong, and I think that's one of the things that we have to be really careful of as writers to think that in order to write a strong female character, that they somehow have to be able to kick other people's butts. You know, they have to be able to physically take people down, or um, you know, just physically overpower them, or, or you know, hold their own in a physical type of confrontation, Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean there's different types of strength. There are, I mean, there are plenty of women I know in real life that would never think of any type of physical altercation, but they have been the rock in their families, you know, for, you know, years and years, decades. And, to me, that's a strong character. You know, that's a strong person.
1: And there's Does also it- intellectual, intellectual strength too. Women can right. be super, super smart. So, he, you know, and that we right. can impart that to our heroines. And, and I don't mean that somebody can, you know, crack the, you know, the, the hardest code out there in an espionage game. I mean, you could do that too. But I mean, just know their stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just really being super, super smart, super intuitive, being able to listen to their gut, and also being emotionally strong is another
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, another strength, you know, another strength. Right. So, and if you can yeah. incorporate all of them, I mean, she doesn't have to be Wonder Woman, you know. She doesn't have to be Gal Gadot, you know, uh, flying through the air as you know, as Wonder Woman and and, and fighting off, you know, foes from Amazonia. But uh, right. At this, but she has to have some kind of some kind of skill set, you know, in in whether it's out outwitting or or outsmarting or out thinking somebody you know to get herself out of a situation you know or you know at the same or at the same time being that like rock that you were talking about you know because depends on your story so to talk you know that's where you have to decide what kind of a character you want and how are you going to build that kind of vulnerability and relatability into them so that your care your uh, your readers will just fall in love you know uh, with with their arc because there's nothing more satisfying than seeing a character arc really blossom and and, right. and evolve.
0: Yes, yeah, for sure. I mean, you. I think that's where it comes. Really, what it comes down to. I mean, in a nutshell, strong characters mean a lot of things. Yep. Um, and um, you can be emotionally strong. You can be intellectually strong. You can be physically strong.
1: Um, of really, all three, you know?
0: yeah, a combination of all three um i mean if you write a character who escapes an abusive relationship and rebuilds her life how is that not a strong character
1: of course it is of course it is
0: i mean most of us in real you know in real life we you know in everyday life if we met somebody who who did that we would consider them strong you know that it Mm -hmm. takes a lot of guts and courage to leave a an abusive relationship and start from scratch because most women who have to do that literally leave everything behind. They, they, st- most of the time they start with nothing. They have, you know, they, most of them don't, you know, they were were not allowed to work anymore. They had, they were cut off from their friends and their families. I mean, they, they literally have nothing. They're starting with this pretty much the clothes on their back. And I don't know if a single person that, would say oh no they're no they're they're not strong they, they what they did you know re you know leaving and rebuilding your life that's it's not a strong thing of course you're not going to say that okay. you know you're you know anybody who's you know you're talking to me they're going to say yeah that takes a strong person to do that so why not why wouldn't that translate into writing
1: a story and with me writing paranormal romantic suspense you know, there's a lot of action that happens. So mm-hmm. I, you know, my first book in the, in the Cursed by Blood series, you know, whether it's Shifter or Vampire is, um, you know, the main character, first one is Lily Sabori. And she is what her, the, the the male main character refers to as um, the perfect trifecta, you know, that she has beauty, that she has brains and that she's dangerous you know, and not dangerous in the sense that she's like some, you know, superhero, but that she can, that she can think on her feet and she can mm-hmm. react accordingly and that she's got some kind of a skill set, you know, not like, you know, what's his face? <laughs> what's the actor from the movie taken? It? It's like, I've got certain skills.
0: <laughs> oh, Liam, Liam, Neeson? Liam Mason. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's not what I mean, but, but, okay.
1: you know, but she does have certain skills she can shoot you know and she can she can yeah. shoot bow and arrow you know crossbow and and, and she yeah. could she's pretty good with a knife and so forth but you know what is that old saying um necessity is the mother of invention mm-hmm. well necessity is the mother of inspiration in certain books you know that you, mm-hmm. you you need to when you put your character in a certain in a certain scene or a certain scenario they have to figure out a way to get themselves out of it especially mm-hmm. in a suspense and you know, or even in a or in a, a, a an emotional, ab- abusive story like some of the things that you write. You know, and, and there has to be necessity is definitely the mother of, of invention in those books yeah. because people need to people need to get themselves to a place of safety, and people yeah. need to get themselves to a place where you know they're no longer in danger, whether whether right. whatever kind of danger it is. So right,
0: and that's the and that's the joy of writing fiction is because you as the author get to be on that journey to mm-hmm. to get to write that journey create that journey um and you know it's not always easy sometimes i mean i know i when i was writing uh the last chapter of uh my find, third book in my finding anna series um i mean i i cried the whole chapter it was very emotional for me Um, So you do get involved in that, but you should. That's the thing. I mean, because if you, if you can get immersed in your characters and in what you're, uh, what you're doing, P.S. We are going to be talking about that in a future episode, uh, (laughs) um, then, you know, your chances are your readers will be able to feel that and connection as well. And, you know, that's really when it comes down to it at the end of the day, that's what we, well, at least what I want and what I think most readers want in a good story. Uh, they're they're looking for an escape, but it, to do it, get an escape in genre fiction, you really need to be able to connect to the characters. You, and, you really do. Uh,
1: quick, one of the ways you can make sure that you're on track for something like that is to, is to enlist the aid of a beta reader. You don't need an entire bevy of them. You just need one or two that are good, that will give it to you straight. You don't need somebody blowing blowing sunshine up your butt. And, you Mm -hmm. know, so don't make it a family member, you know, have it be somebody who is. Or your
0: best friend. Don't do that either.
1: Somebody who is, knows you and is willing to to give it to you the way it's the way they should, that you should, because you don't want to find out in reviews later on. You want to find out before Mm -hmm. you hit the publish button or before you send it off to editing. Now, make sure that you are on track, because if you're starting to write a, a character that is unlikable, they will tell you what is mm-hmm. wrong with this character and why. And if you say, well a, well, a character arc is coming, if they're reading chapter by chapter, you could say, okay, give me a little bit of hint about it here. Foreshadowing is a big mm-hmm. deal. You know, they, that can that can take the edge off somebody being stupid or somebody being <coughs> too. Is right. It, is it foreshadowing.
0: Yeah, just a little bit of a hint, just a maybe a hesitation, or um, just a flicker of thought. Yeah, it could be one or two lines. Yeah, or a memory, or or just anything. It could be. Yep. It's just something so simple that just makes them think. Oh, should I be doing this? Or inner oh, voice. maybe yeah, some inner voice. Um, but again, I think it does depend on the story the tone of the story and you know because again we go back to Diana Gabaldon she does take you down this road with her characters sometimes where they are doing stupid things and you know they fall into that either you know acting like they're stronger than they are uh or being too stupid to live or something like that but she does she carefully walks you to the edge where You're going to, you know, you may just not go any further, but then she just flips it on its head and does that. But I will say she is an extremely talented writer. And I'm not saying that our listeners are not. However, she is very, very, very talented. And it is a skill that you have to learn and develop. So if you do want to go down that path where you want to toy with that kind of stuff, It is something that you probably want to study and learn how to manipulate your writing to best use that skill, if that makes sense. Yes. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully that makes sense.
1: (laughs) Writing characters that your readers will like. That is know or writing characters that your readers won't hate <laughs> either side yeah. it's the same yeah I was gonna say I think
0: that's I think that's the best thing is the writing characters won't hate because I mean you can't always guarantee that somebody's going to fall in love with your characters or even that they're going to like your characters but you definitely don't want them to hate them you if at the very least you want them to be kind of like well I don't hate them you know I may not love them but I don't hate them because it because typically if you can get to that point a reader will typically get most readers will give you the benefit of the doubt and maybe let you ma- give you the opportunity to make them make you like them you would hope. to make them grow on you you hope yeah. uh but if they hate them from the get-go then you're kind of screwed
1: <laughs> so anyway i think we've covered it yeah. for the time yeah. being i
0: think that's and a good place have, to wrap
1: if you have comments or have examples that you'd like to share with us about characters that you hate and not and and i have to put a little caveat there not characters that you love to hate because villains fall into oh, that yes. category too so that's yes. a whole other kettle of fish a whole other discussion which we will do <laughs> at some point but main characters that you had a hard time liking and why love to hear it yeah. in the comments yeah so yeah, definitely. anyway this has been Mary Ann maria and sherry hayes for uh, this week's episode of bound by books and join us next week uh, for another scintillating conversation
0: on writing craft and industry so yep. bye-bye bye thank you for listening to the bound by books podcast For more information about the show and all of our hosts, visit our website at www.boundbybookspodcast.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review.